readings from the second book of Kings. In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria for 41 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not swerve from all the offenses of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. He it was who restored the border of Israel from Lebo Hamath to the Dead Sea, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, who was from Gath Hefer. For the Lord had seen the very bitter affliction of Israel, that there was no ruler or anyone to help Israel. And the Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, son of Joash. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam and all that he did, his might, and how he made war, how he restored to Israel from Damascus and Hamath what had belonged to Judah, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Jeroboam rested with his fathers, the kings of Israel. Then Zechariah, his son, reigned in his stead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What should I say? The text is completely lucid. No explanation needed. Maybe not. These seven verses, descriptive of the reign of Jeroboam II, cover the years 786 to 746 before Christ. That is to say, the first half of the 8th century. 786 to 746. 41 years are fit into seven verses. Although the author does record some military successes of Jeroboam II against the Syrians, the general tone of these verses is completely negative. He did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord, and like his namesake, the, the earlier Jeroboam the one who divided the kingdom. Jeroboam II reigned for more than four decades, longer than any other king of the northern kingdom. His was, in fact, a reign of material prosperity. It was a high point in, in, the, in the history of the northern kingdom. Yet the Bible has nothing very much good to say about him. He died in 746, and exactly 24 years later, the Assyrians came and saw and conquered. The great bulk of the people of Israel were carried away and resettled far to the east, 
away from the Holy Land. They became lost to history. We still refer to them as the Ten Lost Tribes. Once they were removed from the Holy Land in 722, they could not survive as a recognizable entity. They were simply absorbed into the local culture and disappeared. And this is the reason the biblical author has nothing good to say about Jeroboam II. He was simply the last big blast before Israel's historical collapse. Now during those 41 years, Jeroboam was visited by two biblical prophets that we can name more, but we can name two. One was Amos, who came up from Judah. The other was a native northerner, Hosea, a local prophet, whose story is told in the book that bears his name. The very first book pardon me, the very first verse of that book tells us that Hosea prophesied in the days of Jeroboam, son of Joash, king of Israel. You notice that each, each of the prophetic books tells you exactly when he prophesied. And if the prophecies are unintelligible, and we'd like to put them in that context. Now let's talk about Hosea. We recall the rather unique domestic life of Hosea. I don't want to revisit the particulars uh, tonight because you all know the story. One feature of that domestic life was his conferral of prophetic names upon his children. I would not have wanted to be a child of Hosea. The kids would make fun of me at school. Then I reflect that I am a child of Hosea. But that's going to take a sermon to show that. Here's the story of Hosea's second and third children. The author says of Hosea's wife, and she conceived again and bore a daughter. Then he said to him, call her name Loami, pardon me, Lodawama, Lodawama. Call her name Lodawama which means not mercied, not mercied. For I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Now, when she had weaned Lohuama, she conceived and bore a son, and he said, call his name Loami, Loami not my people, lo me. For you are not my people, and I will not belong to you. These ominous names of Hosea's children served as part of his prophetic message to the Northern Kingdom in the mid eighth century. Like much of the rest of the book of Hosea, they were warning about the catastrophe 
destined to befall idolaters Israel not long afterwards in 722 when Sargon II and the Assyrians destroyed the kingdom and dragged the great masses of the population into exile in the eastern half of the Fertile Crescent. The sinful nation in short deserved to be called she that received no mercy and not my people. But this was the warning that was went unheeded by Jeroboam II. A successful king, prosperous king. The gross national product was great at his time. A lot of prosperity. It did not last a quarter of a century. The stock market wasn't the only thing that crashed. For Hosea, however, this coming catastrophe was not to be the end of Israel's story. He went on to prophesy a restoration, a new era, which the Lord would remove the names of the false gods from Israel's lips. That he would renew the covenant with his people and betroth them to himself forever. This comes at the end of the next chapter of Hosea. He prophesied, I will have mercy on her who had no mercy. Then I will say to not my people, Amarti Lelohami, I will say to not my people, Ami Ata, you are my people. Bahu Yomer Eloi. And he will say, My God. That's the prophecy of Hosea. But I've already told you that the, the northern kingdom disappeared. It disappeared. Did God's word fall vacant? Israel was never restored. They disappeared. The rest of the Old Testament testifies to no such restoration. The ten tribes of the northern kingdom were largely absorbed into the indigenous peoples of Mesopotamia. And very little else is heard from them. We know a little bit about some of them. For example, the book of Tobit. But, we, but the otherwise it's disappeared. There's certainly no restoration. That's to say, Hosea's prophecy of restoration was not justified by the facts. But there it is. The editors who put the book of Hosea into the Bible, and they were southern editors, by the way. This is the only, this is the only northern prophet, literary prophet who's in the Bible, the only one. In case that discussion comes up sometime, the checkout line over at Jewel Osco, no. What's the only, what's the only northern prophet literary prophet that's in the Bible. Hosea is the only one. 
I mean, it, it just comes up, you know. You never know what people are going to be talking about in a checkout line. The editors who put that book in, the Southern editors who put that book into the Bible, they knew all the history and they put it in anyway. An unfulfilled prophecy. The apostles read this text. The apostles saw in this prophecy a restoration fulfilled in the Christian church, particularly in the churches of the Gentiles. For those were not my people, and they had received no mercy. St. Peter wrote to the churches of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. But you are an elect generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a treasured people, that you may declare the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness, called you out of darkness, into his marvelous light. Formerly you were not a people, but now the people of God. You once had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. You see how the Apostle Peter ties this all together with the experience of, of us Gentiles having no God in this world, completely lost, totally in darkness. Here we are in the light of, in the light of Christ. Some six years or so before Peter wrote that letter from Rome, Paul had written a letter to Rome. Here's what Paul says in that letter to the Romans. Suppose God, desiring to demonstrate wrath and to manifest his power, very patiently endured the vessels of wrath that were prepared for destruction, to make known the riches of his glory towards the vessels of mercy that he had pre-planned for glory, even of us whom he called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. As he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people, and her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it said to them, you are not my people. There shall they be called the sons of the living God. This is the Christian experience of becoming part of that history that goes back, at least in these prophecies, goes back to the eighth century before Christ and the height of the Assyrian Empire. Word said by an obscure prophet with a very unhappy home life. 
The words are there. The words are there for people that live in darkness, like Chicago, which is certainly a very dark city, and becoming a darker and darker country. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light because his word endures forever and his promises will certainly all be fulfilled. As Peter and Paul regarded these texts from Hosea, they perceived in them a deeper dimension, a fulfillment ranging far beyond the wildest dreams of Israel's melancholy prophet eight centuries earlier. In the drama enacted in the geopolitical world of ancient Syria, it asserted God's promise of a restoration would transform all of history. Amen.